Rangers and residents of Panorama City. Welcome. Panorama City. To the Sentai <laughs> Truther Club. I'm not doing that again. I know. I am your host, Grav. And with me is my lovely comrade, Kennedy. Hey, I'm sorry for messing up the intro, all you lovely Sentai Truthers, but this I can't take this season seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, this has given us, given me at least, a kind of reevaluation on like, with the warning that we got with the intro episodes, like, we have to like really be picky and choosy on what guests we bring on. And maybe we shouldn't bring on guests, question mark, for the next couple of episodes. <laughs> no, I think it's fine to bring on guests. It's just, it definitely has to be the right kind of person. Uh, like, uh, you know, there have been times when people have, uh, come on the show and, uh, they've been like, wow, why, why the fuck did you make me watch this? And it's like, oh no. But on the other hand, um, Alex Patak, uh, came on to watch, uh, some terrible stuff as did Anders Lee. Um, and both of them had a good time. Anders Lee even, we get to the end, Anders Lee has done nothing but just like, be funny and and riff and act like he's having a good time while he's here. And then we get to the end. We're like, what's your rating? And he's like, oh, like a two. This is garbage and I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure he was going to land at like an eight or a nine. And then he ended up giving it like a six. Incredible stuff. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, it's like uh, maybe it was a bit too much pandering to the to the tour appreciators out there <laughs> but uh we've got a guest today that should be able to handle whatever we've got the doritos wizard welcome to the show thank you for having me um very excited to be here uh we have a mutual friend tone that we recently did the uh, bueno episode with and uh yeah uh, we got yeah. the recommendation from Tone, and I was like, "Hell yeah, let's bring you on." You're also a part of this. Uh, you're also part of that sort of inner circle of friends that has that Toku knowledge that can help guide us through this uh, this yeah. season, uh, quote unquote. So, um, so yeah, we've got the mutual friend in Tone. Um, I know Netscape um, as well, and I've uh, been part of the Toku community and been a Toku fan probably. It, it, either unintentionally uh, most of my life growing up uh, my dad was a big b-movie kaiju uh, fan spent some time in japan nice and um one of the upsides of where i, I grew up um my my dad was in the navy and most of my peers uh my my town because it was a base town had just came here from japan uh from a ship that had been redeployed so growing up i had this awareness of you know, Common uh, Rider Kuga, which was airing when I was young, you know, learning different things about you know, Japanese superheroes, things that are going on there. But, you know, big uh, Super Sentai, Common Rider fan, very much so, you know, a community that has been warm and welcoming and I absolutely love. Um, and then it's kind of funny, like the stuff that Tone talks about in his episode. Um, you know, I remember you being somewhat adjacent and hearing secondhand some of the things, just firsthand, unfortunately, seeing some of these things unfold. Um, <laughs> so it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting community, um, as any community 
is. But the thing that I've also found is very interesting about Toku is how many of us are leftists or left-leaning in a franchise basically built around consumerism. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're we're toy ads. Buying action figures. Yeah. Uh, Spending... Buying action figures. Um, That's one of my big uh, recent hobbies is I collect the Lightning Collection line for Power Rangers. Um, I absolutely love Tom Whalen's art, who's a fantastic artist. He does all the box art. Um, Did some really, really awesome posters for uh, Alamo Drafthouse of the Godzilla movies from, uh, I think, a couple years back. Fantastic guy. Highly recommend him. Um, but it's kind of you know being like I, I'm not I'm not a fan of capitalism while I'm participating in it heavily as I look at my bookshelf <laughs> of with the entirety of the Lightning Collection on there. It's a toy ad that's about friendship and yeah. what you can do if you join a team. That's why it's perfectly <laughs> okay to own a Squid Games Funko Pop. Yeah. Yes. Because that's the that's the message of of Squid Games is making friends and. Yeah. Having a good time. I've never <laughs> seen Squid Game, but I'm I'm just making some assumptions. Uh you're one hundred percent right. As someone who's seen most of Squid Game, uh you're one hundred percent right. It's 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 just a it's just a feel good story, you know? Where a bunch of pals team up, defeat enemies with the power of friendship. I have to assume, based on the screenshots I've seen, that it's just like um, you know Sasuke, the, the the parkour challenge thing that became Ninja Warrior, just you know multiplayer battle royale is very hot right now. I'm I'm told. Spoiler alert! I guess the last <laughs> game in Squid Games could be Sasuke versus Naruto. Oh, because that's essentially what it is. Actually, am I wrong, Kennedy? The main guy is like basically Naruto, and he, he, and the smart one is basically Sasuke at the end, except it's edgy. Like, what if Sasuke was kind of bad at being a person? But Sasuke is bad at being a person. That's true. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It just fits. <laughs> he can't. He can't accept the fact that he's gay. <laughs> Sasuke does seem like the kind of guy that you look down and one of his shoelaces is untied, and it's just pretty much always like that. Yeah. Uh, it's a very uh, sad state of affairs. Sorry to derail the conversation there. No. This is um, how this show goes sometimes. I don't know. Hey, that's a good sign of a good time. But um, definitely no stranger to, to Toku, definitely no stranger to Western Toku. Um. I would imagine, like, you got into this, what, like, the late 2000s? Um, so, uh, I've, it's something I've always had interest in, but when I really got into it was probably around 2008, 2009. Right, um, so, which... like, your your choices in American superhero television shows was, like, the end of Smallville. Which has um, aged better than I thought it would, Smallville. Like that no. premise of no, you can't. You can't. You can't convince no. me. <laughs> me to. You can't convince me to download it. It. Uh, I rewatched it when I was like nineteen and feeling all sorts of nostalgia for the early days, and uh, I was like, "Let me give Smallville another chance." And I watched like t- 
two the first two seasons worth and i was like man i can't fucking deal with this shit anymore no it is uh it, it's a miracle that show got nine was it like nine seasons yeah i think it was nine seasons yeah uh, i don't know how because it is the comic book was good though i read a bit of season 10 because i was like oh why not let, let me check that out the comic book was pretty pog actually well, I have to try that because I did uh, the most. The thing that I at least liked about it was they had a decent Lex Luthor. Like he's yes. kind of, I like <laughs> that he's a he's kind of like the whiny creep, which turns into, you know, goes the Elon Musk route of getting capital and then becoming that you, their insecurities make them jerkier. But I don't know. It's kind of hard to be like Superman's kind of. Is Lex know. Luthor the more toughest. ethical billionaire at this point? <laughs> what do you think? He's Kennedy? at least transparent. No, Lex Luthor is like... Well, actually, yeah, no, Lex Luthor is the more ethical billionaire. He's Compared like, to, like, Jeff Bezos? I don't know. Yeah, Lex Luthor has occasionally done, done the right thing. Whereas, yeah. like... Jeff Bezos has never done the right thing one time in his life in any situation. It is pretty funny, though, how he's evolved from, like, a one-dimensional, what was it, like, genius landlord? (laughs) Or at least that's how they decided to repaint them in Superman Returns. And then, like, kind of evolved him into, like, this genius billionaire that, like, was a depiction of venture capitalism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the early stages of like techno optimism and and venture capitalism, I like that route actually for him. But you know who actually good. did nothing wrong? Doctor Doom. Yeah. <laughs> no, Doctor Doom was always right. Literally I don't... <laughs> right every time. <laughs> yeah. Say what Sorry. you want. Now I'm Dr. really Doom is good. Guess, but I'm just thinking about rich and powerful villains and. Dr. Doom ran an immaculate nation state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Magneto? Say what you most... will about Dr. Doom, but he protected his country. Most Marvel villains now have aged to the point where, like, Magneto. Magneto is fine. I think, if anything, you can make a better argument that Professor X is the villain now. Um, yeah. It's kind of like circled around on that, yeah. Yeah. Doc Ock maybe, seems maybe to become the a Jedi tra- are wrong. <laughs> oh, that's another podcast we should have. <laughs> yeah, um, let's let's start a podcast just called "Maybe the Jedi Are Wrong." We'll just examine how many villains were actually right. You could even broaden that to like fascist pieces of media that have come out just like go through the top 100 worst movies of the 2000s (laughs) really it'd be like actually the protagonist of this movie was a supreme piece of shit and was really wrong and somehow was painted to be a hero by the end of all of this it's like um not to go down a star wars rabbit hole but uh there's a character in the clone wars pong krell really cool design he's that like forearm dude uh, from the pre from episode two species, and he's they have, they have this whole arc where it turns out he's a Jedi that just like does not respect clones as human life and just sees them as you no know, as just tools. 
And it's a very, 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 very good piece of media. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I need to check out some of the extended universe stuff for sure. Um, it's uh, it's a, it's an adventure. There are things that have aged okay and great, and then there are things like you know Han Solo fights a giant otter to steal a gem. <laughs> and I just I, and I love that that exists because I feel like at some point someone has brought because there's a painting of it from like the book brought that to have Harrison Ford sign. And I just, you know, since Harrison Ford hates, has hated Star Wars since I think like Empire, um, and just hates anything remotely nerdy. I just he, want to see like his face. Always hated it. It was just like a job that he took, and like then it became this huge franchise, and he was just like, oh no, this was supposed to be like a stupid sci-fi flick <laughs> that I did that no one ever heard about. What the fuck? <laughs> Maybe he just always wanted to be like that B-rated actor, you know? That's just like gets paid well enough, doesn't get called that much, but does get called and just like coast off of all of that. And now he's just like, oh, now I got to do media appearances all the fucking time for the rest of my life. All this other shit. He, uh, I guess, flies planes as a hobby, and I think that's just all he wants to do. Makes sense. Coast um, on that on that money. It wouldn't be a Power Rangers Samurai episode if we didn't derail into vastly more interesting things. Yeah, uh, I guess we, we have do, to talk about them. Yeah, we do have two best and one worst episodes. Um, so you said you guessed. You said you knew one of the three picks i didn't tell you which one was the best or the worst so what's what's your a, prediction all right so my prediction is uh episode four is the worst the one with uh the kid Correct. and uh then the first uh eight the here there goes the brides the first appearance of decker who's a very interesting character and i have a lot to say about because uh decker's played I, I by don't. <laughs> Oh, you don't have a lot. Decker's played by the guy who stabbed his roommate with a katana. Oh, that's the guy. No way. That's completely believable. He seems like that guy. Uh, Yeah. uh, I thought that this was just Jason David Frank, but like, you know, his stuntman. No, he with contacts um, on. He has a history with the franchise. If I remember right, he was the Red Ranger at one point and then came back. Yeah. So he was Cole in Wild Force and then yep, yep. came back to be Decker in not too long after Samurai was still was relevant. He fatally stabbed his roommate with a katana. And yep. he was charged and convicted of manslaughter. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, in hindsight, seeing that his last, I think one of his last IMDb roles is a character known for being a bad guy with a katana when he kills someone with a katana. Literally like an edgelord weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. But he claims I, I, self-defense, right? Yeah, the the whole thing I remember being crazy, but uh, I don't think anyone, especially in the Saban era, 
would be able like if they wanted JDF Saban would find a way to have him show up and then like call from New Zealand again and just be an empty suit or whatever. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, if if that character ever comes back it'd be I'm stuck in my suit. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful suit uh too. The design of Decker, the designs of all the monsters and um are really really strong. Um, Samurai I do agree. Gen- I like the suits. I just think they're misplaced. They don't feel it's, like they belong in the Power Rangers. It's really weird to me that, and I've I know like knowing the source. Um, the source of this season is uh, Samurai Sentai Shinkenja, which is like super, 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 super tradition, like Japanese, like boring traditional hobbies, like calligraphy is a boring hobby that like your parents sign you up for because it sounds fun and this has been going on for generations the whole samurai <laughs> thing is um called the ido which is like you know like in america we a lot of when you're a hyperactive kid you get signed up for karate and the ido is technically you know the practice of specifically drawing your sword not like sword fighting like kendo or bushido you're fighting your with swords it's just specifically drawing your sword in a very particular, very, very rules heavy way in what amounts to basically sword yoga. Um, before the pandemic uh, ramped back up, I had taken a couple of classes and it's, it's very relaxing, but it's very much just sword yoga. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting. Honestly, it seems pretty cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Oh, it's super cool. Um, but, you know, I didn't do it very, very long, but it's funny to see the juxtaposition in this, especially because like every, like all the footage from Japan, like the, the way that the, the swords are held, that's like the bright way. And then there's the scene in like episode six where they're like, they're practicing with swords. And the part of me that knows enough to be dangerous with the Ido is like, Oh, like the footing's wrong. You don't hold your sword that wrong. Like all the things that my sensei, when I took the classes would be like <laughs> drilled in my head, like, dude, don't do that. Don't do that. And uh, I love this era to a degree because, you know, like it's, I I remember the reaction at the time being people being like, oh, it's so great. You know, it's not with Disney. It was, you know, Disney, you know, what's Disney going to do? RPM was fantastic. And then. There's a handful of really great seasons, but it's a very mixed it's 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 but, like but then Saban turns around and just is like, oh, you know what Disney did wrong? Bulk and skull and nothing else. Fuck you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, like what? So yeah. you're gonna listen to this episode of Sentai Truther Club now, and you're gonna say to yourself, why was the worst pick? Here, when on the filler guide, it says to skip it. When we watched the show, the filler guide for this show didn't exist outside of saying skip the holiday specials because nobody thought to drop a filler guide for this season or any of the Neo Saban seasons, really. So here we are. So Uh, we're making the filler guide. Yay. (laughs) So So ultimately, we did decide that episode four was filler because it doesn't really affect or change much of anything significant um as we were going through and making those decisions but uh we made those decisions after we made these decisions 
So it's still the worst episode here today. Yes. That being said, let's uh, press play on the old VHS. What happened on episode four? Um, episode four is called Deal with a Nylock. Yeah. Funded um, by the U.S. Army. So the double tone, double tone is this Nylock that shows up on Earth. Uh, just a, a okay, but kind of mediocre-looking monster. Nothing special. And uh, Double Tone finds this little kid Ryan, and is like, "Hey, kid, if you quit your baseball dreams, I'll promise you something special." The Power Rangers notice this kid, and they're like, hey, was that monster harassing you? And the kid's like, no, but he's acting kind of suspicious. So the Power Rangers are like, hmm, something's going on here, maybe. Uh, it's pretty mediocre storytelling with a lot of plot convenience. Um, All of which are words that are way way too extravagant for the Power Rangers to use. <laughs> You're talking at a grade level that these Rangers don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> All of these scenes that we're talking about here, everybody's lines are like written by like a second grader? Maybe first? Second. This feels, it feels like something that like was written at a level that you could package up and make a school play out of like an elementary school play. Yeah. Cause like yeah. you got, and you get different elements in there. Like you've got what's a, what could have been like a stranger danger episode with the two with double tone. Um, Cause you know, if a stranger jumps out of a forest and promises you your greatest heart's desire, you probably shouldn't trust that. And this goes for adults too. Don't, don't trust that if that happens yeah, to if you. If that happens to you, definitely do not trust that. <laughs> don't buy crypto. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't buy crypto. Don't when they tell you to tell you that you're just you're just feeling the fud. You're feel you're just you're not drinking the Kool Aid. Walk away. Yeah. Um. So one thing that I had mentioned to you, Grav. Um. Uh, well known thing. Haim Saban, big establishment Democrat buddy buddy with obama for a while and the focus in these Jesus episodes Christ. is like is uh exercise and that was like michelle obama's thing and i remember at the back of the day i vaguely remember like that was a thing like saban had like the power rangers show up at like any white house thing that they could so i really wonder especially with the, the, this episode the ending of this episode <laughs> Was this something like, was this like a deliberate thing where like somebody in the state department was like, Hey, we have this first ladies initiative to get kids exercising and uh, going and doing things like, can we also have this? And then I'm sure because, you know, Saban loves Israel. There was something about how the power Rangers don't believe in BDS or what is it? Was it, but boycott, divest sanction sanction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, but it's just crazy. Like it's, and the thing that I feel like we have to address, especially with this episode, um, dad, American soldier. I don't know if we were getting, I'm getting too far ahead, but oh, you know, it says U.S. Yeah, Army. 
yeah, it's this is yeah, like Grab said at the beginning, this is US Army propaganda. Yeah, let's let's but more than that far ahead, but fucking a that is yeah. And the kid is uh very very clearly some local from New Zealand. Yeah, who keeps fading in and out of the accent, like an American or New Zealand accent. I wouldn't accent. even describe it as fading in and out. He just has a New Zealand accent. They're just like, hey kid, do you like baseball? And he's like, oi. I love baseball. Give me, give, give me that baseball. Yeah, <laughs> you're like what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you know Randy too. I think is his name. It's just Ryan. 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 Yeah, it's all very. It's it's all very just hacked together nonsense. Um. That doesn't really tell much of a story. I've said before that a lot of this season feels like it was like written for toddlers. This episode definitely exemplifies that. Um, everybody's been saying like it's you know it's written so badly. Like it, it really feels like this was written for you to understand uh, if you're just learning how to like read or something, <laughs> and you're at that level. Like, it's really just so dorky. It reminds me of Turbo, how some of the episodes would just be, like, this, like, baby shit with Justin. And, like, everything would kind of get dumbed down even more so for, like, that episode. That's what we have here. Um, So, Mia and Kevin stalk this child... Because they're convinced that something is wrong and that they know it's right. Uh, this is like militia anti-vax behavior. <laughs> yeah, they don't really dwell on that too much. That they that they they clearly track a child back to his house and are actively spying on him. We yeah. need to track him so we can get to the next plot point. And I mean, and, like, I will give him this, like, it is early in the season, you know, the, they're, they do try to have really good character to like set up different character quirks. But more than anything, the pacing just feels like, <clears throat> like they wrote like an hour long special for this one thing. And then someone was like, no, pick your five favorite scene, like paragraphs. And then we got to stretch this out. Like. It it feels like when you watch like a special that was made from a children's book that literally has like twenty five total sentences in it, and it's just mostly a huge picture on each page, and then there's like just one sentence, and it's like <laughs> the blueberries were delicious, and then you have to turn that into like two minutes thirty seconds of film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah every single line has to be stretched out that much yeah uh, it's ridiculous so uh so the kid throws his baseball equipment in the trash and they're like well that seems wrong and then they go to follow the kid and the kid goes to the monster and then the monster is like uh yeah kid i'm totally gonna fulfill your wish soon wink 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 and then the rangers fight with the monster and the rangers learn that this kid's dad uh is like a dead soldier probably <laughs> um it's not entirely 
disclosed his status, but he's basically like, my dad's been gone at the war for a long time, and he it doesn't seem like he's coming back ever again, maybe. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> the Taliban have, have kicked out the Yankees. Where's your dad now? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Where's your dad the, now, uh, Ryan? The dad's another New Zealand extra that they just... That they found. At least the dad kind of tries with the accent, though. Um, whereas the kid, it doesn't even seem like they made an attempt. Y'all keep going to the dad without talking about how the dad pops up. Yeah, okay. I'm so, tired right, of y'all so talking let, about. Okay, let me finish yep. this. I'm tired of y'all <laughs> fucking talking about the dad and and all the stuff around it, but you're not talking We're tiptoeing about around what it. Jaden Sheba so, okay, did. Okay, stop, stop. Okay, so here's what happens. So. Uh, he finds out that the monster isn't actually going to do it, and he gets sad because he threw away his baseball equipment. There's a game that day, um, and uh, uh, the the Rangers fight Doubletone. He gets big. They pull out the Zord. They fight him, and they win. Uh, the Rangers then go to the baseball game. First of all, um, the garbage man saw the baseball equipment and was like, that doesn't seem right, and turned that into the baseball coach. And so the baseball coach is like, hey, kid, don't be doing this, whatever this is. Here's your stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> and then the Rangers are sitting there wa uh, getting ready for the game to start. And what does Jaden do? He summons a vision of the kid's dead and or missing or something dad uh to speak to him for a minute and it's the cringiest thing you've ever seen and it's all done using magic or whatever yeah i i don't i don't know Jaden chiba just has soul vision a la superman and it's unreal because, like, you would think this is something in, like, Mystic Force, right? Where you're like, oh, it's, it's fucking magic, right? So, like, anything can happen. But their, their magic and how they morph or whatever seems like it has a sort of limitation with powers. He said that he took the kid's dream or what is it? He took his dream and made it into a vision. That's yeah. some insane shit. Like what? What are you saying and, right now? And he's super just like, like, like splayed out on like the bleachers, all chill. Like, like yeah, I just did the super cool thing. And everybody like, looks on. Everybody's looking on while all this is going on. And then what happens? Kevin immediately hits on the Pink Ranger. Kevin's like, <laughs> damn. Doesn't dad's being missing make you horny? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I am horny for you, but I can only talk in t second grader speak. We make a great team Kevin's together, like, huh? Kevin's like, you look kind of nice and then like punches her arm and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Wait, wild. No, sorry, you look kind of nice for a girl, and then punches her arm and runs away. Yeah, that's about Kevin's emotional depth. 
it's either that or like this season yeah actually you're right yeah (laughs) where is everyone else in this season i don't know non-existent (laughs) and like no it's a busy baseball field and like nobody notices the ghost it's so it's so fucking jarring and it only happens in this episode and realistically i think that's the only like thing right that happens in this episode basically yeah like it i glossed over the fight for a reason it is literally just like a tacked on like yes it's the power rangers they fight the monster affair like oh, all okay. that happens in this episode the entire thing revolves around the kid just like mia and kevin being like damn we got to help this kid and kevin being like hey mia see how i'm being a good role model to this kid huh huh i know you like family you're <laughs> conservative, conservative traditional values, right? You're always, see, huh, huh? <laughs> it's like that. Oh my god, like you're guy. so right. Evan's like oh. that guy that's like, he's like, oh, I'll watch your newborn uh, anytime, anytime you need, no problem. Like, and and like because he's just gonna like. Put that baby in a stroller and walk around the park, like, picking up ladies. <laughs> it's, oh uh, God. one minor thing, too, right? The, the, co- the, the kid, after the magic garbage man gives him his stuff, ba- gives the, gets, lets him get his stuff back or whatever. The coach is like, you're a great first baseman and we need you to win the playoffs. And then proceeds to show him batting, like. If he's you're talking about a catching position, it was just an awkward scene. Like, just say that you're an amazing batter. Even without the whole vision part, there was some like weird camera angles, and like his response to the vision was like, "Wow!" And then they he just immediately goes to like I don't know, hit a fucking grand slam and win the game, and woo, yeah. Freeze frame. Group high five. Bulk is eating a hot dog. And gets ketchup on his shirt. Don't forget the ketchup. Bing, bing, boom. This is comedy. (laughs) I give give him credit, though. I mean... If they they felt that fans wanted things that felt like the '90s, this did feel like something str- that they threw away <laughs> in like '94. <laughs> they were like, "This is too racist and xenophobic," and threw it out in 1994. <laughs> yeah, and and there's like you know the whole implication that if you work for the U.S. Army, you're going to heaven. Ugh. It's yeah. Bad. It's bad. Yeah. Terrible episode. Uh, um, and then so, basically we hit our next like two best episodes and it goes like in two steps. It goes yeah, like, all right. Then, not to spoil the season review too much, but like the season just kind of flatlines after this. Like it's for the most part, neither great nor terrible. Or actually, I should say neither good nor terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there is some interesting stuff to keep us going and actually finish the season, which was nice to see. But in terms of like the the, la creme de la creme, it happens pretty early in the season. 
Yeah. And the creme de la creme isn't like Kino 8s or 9s or, or 10s here. We're talking like it's competent. Slightly above competent, maybe. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, there's some sixes, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so here's the two best ones that just barely... Almost kind of poke their head above water and make you feel like, ah, this is okay. Um, so episode six, Sticks and Stones, um, is... Uh, <laughs> you remember the hate master episode in season two <laughs> what if, remember how amazing what if, that was what if the hate master but worse but also kind of better in certain small ways but it's power ranger samurai so everybody talks like a second grader best of luck uh this episode like they're talking like fourth graders maybe like they're just barely doing a little better than yeah, the Rangers are barely speaking above their 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 weight, I guess. Uh, oh man, you know we're really reaching here. We're, they we're reaching for some more serotonin. Full sentences in this episode than average. Um, it could be Strega. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> this episode. Don't make me threaten you with Donald Trump now. <laughs> so, uh, so. It opens up with, like, them training, and Emily accidentally injures Mike during training. And so she's like, oh, let me get you a bag of frozen peas to put on it. That's always what I put on my wounds. But then Mike's being, like, a toxic male about it. And he's like, I don't need medical attention. Uh, I will rub dirt on this. Um, And uh, Emily's like, Wait, just let me help you. And then she falls and drops the... Or no, she drops the peas first. They go everywhere. And then she falls. And then Mike falls. And everybody... It's just a mess. And she's like, I guess I messed up again. Ha ha. And everyone's kind of like, dang, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> you live like this? <laughs> <laughs> She even says something like, like, oh, I'm used to this. It's like this particular scenario. This happens a lot. This exact scenario. She's just used to like everyone shitting on her, I think was the the main point. But yeah, here's what like we can't really communicate to you, the listener. She has a particular accent. With the way she talks, it's like a lisp, right? Uh, She's got like. Xanax voice. She's got like Lisp plus grade schooler voice, but plus Xanax. In, but in the body of like a twenty-five-year-old woman, like I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's so weird. Very, I don't know how to quite describe it. it it's odd though, because like I don't know how to feel about the situation because like. I, I I don't know like how how do we go about critiquing all of this without saying to ourselves that it's a it's literally a bunch of adults acting like children, but they're grown, but they're acting like children, and sometimes they're literally acting like children, 
Like to an an extent of like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's, it's not believable as a show. It gets uncomfortable because there's like something to be said for like the delivery and some of them I'm sure it's like they're fighting, like not speaking in their native accent or whatever, but it's like, it's like the same level of quality acting you'd see in like a Hallmark movie or something. And just, there's a whole lot of like people that seem very uncomfortable acting, trying to work around kind of clunky scripts yeah, to give them the benefit of the doubt. Some of the people do seem like they're kind of trying at times, like Emily, actually, which I think is no coincidence that, like, both of our favorite episodes feature her somewhat heavily. She's, like, one of the better actors. But then they fucking put on this weird accent! Yeah, and then the script is, like, first of all, her whatever direction she's getting is insane, obviously, and then the script is, like, a ba 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 boo 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 boo. Pick up the block and give it to Red Ranger. Goo 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 goo. Like fucking. Yeah, she sounds like an eight-year-old with PTSD or something in this episode. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, really. Um, it's uh. It's it's almost like a like a SNL sketch type like. When, like, a, a comedy actor is, like, pretending to be a kid and obviously not and not trying to hide. You know what I mean? Like, not really trying to hide. And they're like, I'm a little kid. Like, that's how Emily talks. But she's not an airhead. That's the crazy shit. Like, no, normally when you put on yeah. the little kid voice, it's like an adult, an adult woman on screen. Uh who sounds like a kid is normally presented as an airhead. But in this case, she's not an airhead. She just has a lot of trauma. And I don't know what to think of it, but this episode raises a lot of questions that go unanswered. Um, Un-fucking answered. <laughs> just completely unanswered. Just like how uh, Emily realizes and contends with the fact that she will never have a satisfying resolution as to why everybody uh <laughs> everybody shits on her her entire life and everybody she knows does not appreciate her even though she's the one that carries the weight of her entire team multiple times yeah it's unreal pretty much pretty much negatron shows up and negatron fantastic name is a <laughs> great name <laughs> I, uh, Negatron is a villain that uh, uh, just insults you, and then you can't you can't fight anymore. Which again is like some real grade school shit. Like, you know, if you're like at the bar, and like a dude is drunk and swinging at you, and you're like, you're just a smelly idiot. He just is gonna swing harder. Pardon but, me. But this is the Power Rangers samurai, and these people are fucking baby, baby adults. And so they're like, hoo hoo hoo, Negatron said a mean thing, I can't attack, no. But it's then Negatron he, he... tries to neg Emily. Uh, that's what I'm going to call his attacks, negs, or negging. It's a word that I made up just now, has no other connotations in the world. Um... <laughs> 
Negatron tries to neg Emily. And it doesn't work because she gets negged all the time by her fucking the people that are supposed to be her friends. And she just gets shit on all the time. And so Negatron's like, Emily, you're just a failure. You'll never be a good Power Ranger. And she's like, what'd you say? I can't hear you over the sound of me stabbing you right in the throat. She was like, I get told to kill myself every five seconds online, okay? <laughs> You've got nothing on me. Emily's an Instagram influencer with 100,000 followers who literally wakes up to 10 DMs every day that say, kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's like the, the, the people who it shows Negatron going after, it's just the most like random, they're like all like dad joke insults. Because it's like he like attacks like a mailman and it's like you're bad at your jo- or something. They're all like really bad insults too. Because it's just like you're bad at your job. It's what just like very if- dramatic, like Iron Man like crush into the guy. Here's the thing though. What if? Forgive me for being the Elon Musk in the room, but what if the lazy drunk guy actually landed his punches? <laughs> and that's why this is the best episode. <laughs> <laughs> because as basic as his insults are first of all all of the writing energy gets put into the villains this season and not in a particularly good way it's more or less like it's maybe like a point or two higher and like a grade point average compared to the rangers honestly negatron's insults not that fantastic very basic but you know what all almost all of them landed because they were all true and it was like, thank you, finally. Someone has said it out loud. I appreciate that. Yeah. It had, I wonder if this is some like the writer's criticism that they just threw in their moments of honesty. You think this was another Teen Titans Go situation? Maybe. But um, it at least showed, like, I I did appreciate, like, Everyone's insults, that's what lands and like and works, are genuine character flaws and genuine. Like, it's a good setup for world building that I know doesn't really pay off to you know with the show, but that could have been something that like really got worked out on more. And that's a little disappointing that it doesn't, but it's still. What if you were reading a comic book? And then halfway through the comic book, Deadpool popped out of nowhere and then just started fucking yelling at everyone. I think you're describing was most like, Marvel from a certain point. And it was like, you are too boring. You're do this. You're do this. You're do this. And everybody's like, all right, hold on. We're going to work on this. And then the rest of the comic works itself on that. You know, it's so unnatural. Yeah. Um, Realistically, the reason why this was chosen, at least I picked it as the best, is because of the the insults landed. And Emily, honestly, this was good character development for Emily. And and Emily kind of like low key became a team leader after this. Yeah, she like it probably was might be in the running for best character of the season. Yeah, like <clears throat> she she had the exact same amount of respect as people gave Kevin and people gave a lot of respect to Kevin this season despite everyone slobbering over Jaden Chiba. Yeah. So they they get back from the that fight because Negatron once he realizes that like it's not working on Emily, he's like shit, I got to regroup. 
like strengthen my plans a bit because uh, one of these rangers isn't falling for my attack. So like back at the the headquarters, like they all talk about it and they're like, "Damn, we all got owned by this guy just like calling us names." Fuck, we're we're completely owned right now. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Uh, they're like, wait, but Emily, you didn't get owned when he calls you names. And she's like, yeah, because fucking I get shit on every day. And they're like, oh, huh. And then Mike's like, yeah, well, you are kind of a fucking idiot. And then she like <laughs> leaves the room crying. And everyone's like, Mike, just because the monster can't hurt her feelings doesn't mean you can't. Like, you're her actual friend. And he's like, oh, like he just learned this lesson for the very first time in his life. Damn, I, you know, I didn't think we were friends. Shit. <laughs> we just kind of do this job together and hang out with Jaden. Sorry. Oops. It's such a, uh, an, a bit of an awkward thing where it's just like this, like they, like they leave the camera hanging a little too long on his realization that like he insulted, just like massively insulted his friend. When they get back, they're like, hey. Like Mia's like, I'm I'm not a bad cook, am I? And they're like, No. And it's like, you know that they're all lying because a reoccurring theme of the show is that Mia will walk in, she'll be like, I made spaghetti with lime sauce and uh, a raspberry whipped cream topping. And they're like uh pass and she's like but what if i told you it had steak in it and they're like pass 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 <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that lesson sticks though because like there's a couple episodes later where she's still like ha ah, no, still making food that's what i'm saying is like they all just they all lie to her when they when they talk about it they're, she's like i'm not actually a bad cook am i and they're like no and it's like they're all lying and they all do that to each other so there is that kind of critique but it's not like a fully realized critique because it doesn't really go anywhere yeah it's unfortunate um however how are you supposed to tell that episode six you know um yeah. <laughs> uh i i know it sounds like we're being a little bit overly harsh on this episode but or at least i am um but i gotta say uh it was kind of funny like, this was kind of like one of the last times the show was funny? <laughs> question mark, question mark, well, question mark, maybe. one more episode that's kind of funny, but that's our other best pick, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. I liked I liked Emily on this one. Uh, it was a very, it was kind of, it was nice. Uh, and then I kind of realized with this second one, our second best pick, that, uh, the reason why these are our best picks is because they don't focus on Jaden, as you notice. Did we mention Jaden Chiba in our best episode? No. No. It doesn't focus on Bulk and Spike, or at least not um, a large part of it. Yeah, this, um, this episode has very little Bulk and Spike in it. So does the next one. Um, so the, the only thing that really happened... And no Mentor G this, either. Yeah, very little G either. Um, so... The only other thing that really happens in this episode is that they have a fight, another fight with Negatron um, after this, except that uh, we also get a little bit more insight into Emily's backstory, though, before that. And that's, like, the last, like, relevant thing. 
uh, is, um, you know, Emily has this backstory of, like, her sister Serena was supposed to be the Power Ranger, and also, just, like, in general, like, her sister Serena was, like, like, kind of this strong older sister that, like, got her through a lot of shit, it seems like, and, uh, when, like, her sister got sick and died, um, like, she was very upset to, like, put the burden of being a Power Ranger onto Emily and all of this stuff. And, like, some of that development's actually kind of good, except, again, the characters do still talk like fourth graders. That does not go away or get better. So that's unfortunate, but it's still, like, it's pretty good character development. It's, like, some of the best character development any character gets this season. So, like, you, it's, it's kind of enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. I had I had a bad feeling that Saban was gonna drag out that plot point, though. I will say at the end of that episode, I was like, I really hope Saban doesn't drag out like the sister approval and her like contending with that. Yeah, you know, and being like, am I ever really gonna be good enough? And Emily just kind of owns up to being a Yellow Ranger, especially by episode eight. Yeah, yeah. So I have to episode- say. Uh- Go ahead, go ahead. Before we uh, move on, um, thing that really liked about this episode myself was um, the voice actor for Negatron did a really good job of like delivering these insults, and it was just like a, they they got into that role, and uh, probably the best acting out of everyone second to Emily in that. It yeah. felt like right. it had the same sincerity as like the nineties. Uh, Mighty Morphin did, which was great to see. That's yeah. the type of sincerity we like to see, not the rest of this bullshit. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. Yeah. So, uh, episode eight was our other pick for best. This is another relatively fun episode um, that also features Emily in like a somewhat prominent way. It's called There Go the Brides. Uh, and you'll have to forgive me if my recap of this episode is especially muddled because uh, we've put this episode like the recording of this episode of Sentai Truther Club off a couple of times, but I'm going to try to get it as right as I can. So basically, it starts with them holding a fake wedding, and then uh, they're doing this because brides keep getting kidnapped. Um, and uh, the fake wedding thing is kind of like a weird fake-out thing that <clears throat> is kind of fun because they don't drag it on too long, but like, there's this moment of like, wait, are these... T- are, the, are, are these rangers actually getting married? What's happening? You don't really know. And then it's like very quickly revealed that no, no, this is just a weird scheme. It's almost like a Scooby-Doo thing or something. Uh, which might be a little out of place, but again, at least it's fun. Uh, and uh, so... Um, so it's actually one of uh, Master Zandred's lieutenants, Dayu, is capturing brides. Um, and so again, their scheme doesn't work and another bride gets captured and she's like making this like bridal dress out of their sadness. It's like a very like over the top anime plot kind of thing. (laughs) Hell yeah. It fuels the river of blood, right? Yeah. They're, they're trying to make the, the whole overarching thing is they're trying to make that river, the Sanzi river rise. And so. It's like it, it relates to that, but still, it's like it, it has this. She has this specific thing, and in fact, it's so specifically 
kind of like her thing that like one of the other themes of this episode that actually is kind of fun because the villains are mostly kind of bland this season uh, is that the villains this episode are kind of like a little bit working against each other and being like a little bit sneaky and stuff. Dayu is doing this in part to make the river rise, but also she has her own weird like trauma that she's expressing with this wedding dress shit. And like she ultimately doesn't entirely care if her mission works for the former as long as it works for the latter. Um and that's like an interesting theme this episode. Um so uh the rangers are like they spend some time t- kind of trying to figure out what to do. Um, and they, uh, eventually they basically come up with this scheme, um, to, like, have only one wedding happen on a certain day, so that surely that will be the bride that gets kidnapped next. And so they get, they convince everybody else to cancel or postpone their weddings, or whatever, and, like, pick a different day. So they, they go to the one wedding that's still happening... And they come up with this scheme to replace the bride with Mia and, like, replace the groom with Jaden at the last second. Um, And at first it seems like maybe this is is working and Mia gets kidnapped. But then uh, as soon as she gets there, Dayu's like, ah, you're the pink ranger. And they're like, oh, fuck. And she's like, here, call your friends and tell them to go meet you at this place that's obviously a trap. And she calls them, and she does it. And then you see these Power Rangers go off to this building, and it looks like they get caught in some kind of explosion. Oh no, what happened? And it seems like Dayu has successfully outwitted them. But no, the Power Rangers, it's like a Detective Conan episode, or like Lupin the Third or something. The Power Rangers outthought the things that you were thinking. Um, or, no, this is actually... It's, it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Next, you're going to say, my plan has worked. Your friends are dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, it's just very over the top because suddenly it turns out... So when, when Mia gets captured and, and, and Dayu goes, aha, you're the Pink Ranger, she brings in the bride that they had swapped her out for and is like, see, I captured the real bride, except actually that was Emily. And she's just keeping her head down. And once she gets into the cake, she radios to the Rangers what's really going on. The Rangers send some fake magic body doubles to the warehouse and actually, like, show up and rescue the brides. And it's just like a whole series. And, like, the the way it's all, like, explained and stuff, it's like, Cheap Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Five, Five <laughs> Power Rangers. <laughs> it's really good. It's fun. It's very fun. It um, for those of you listening who like Toku, it feels like um, other Toku's not power. Um, it feels like a Common Rider double plot. Double. It's like double. <laughs> Double's Detective One with uh, really similar sort of plot lines. I think yeah, where. It's like, oh, you thought you had the bride, but really, you have me. And it's got in the really cool scene. Um, some of the visuals are really cool in this episode. <clears throat> yeah, the yeah. inside of the cake was appropriately this like weird 
place where the brides are trapped that feels like fucked up and strange. A lot of the visuals were pretty good. Unfortunately, and, uh, I think the dialogue is super bad still. It, the dialogue doesn't raise up super high, but I will say part of why I picked this episode or, or push for this episode, not that I had to push very hard grab and I pretty much agreed on everything uh, for this season uh, without much debate, was that uh, this gave me hope for the season that turned out to be false, but like I was like, oh, what if the cocky arrogance just like works out and it's like almost like that episode of Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters that we keep raving about, the It's a Gorganus Life episode. Like, what if the rest of Samurai was like that? And I was like, that would be kind of watchable at that point, you know? If, yeah. the, if the Samurai Rangers were just always like, no, we see through every scheme now because we are extremely jaded and, like, just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be really cool, for sure. Dayu. The character design for Dayu is very interesting. Yeah, I kind of like it. I like it too. Is that supposed to be a squid on her head? I think she does sort of have a bit of jellyfish head or something going on. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was... It's Because she's got like... like She does and doesn't have like a spider motif. Yeah, sort of. Like the... The cake is made out of spider web. You're right. I forgot about that. That's interesting. Yeah. But it looks kind of squiddy. It, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but definitely has like a spider theme. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like her design quite a bit, actually. Um, and Emily, for sure, was uh, another standout hit here. I don't think that this is the better wedding episode. No, I quite like uh, Danny Emily Delgado. Yeah, uh, the the Danny Delgado wedding episode from Wild Forest was definitely the better wedding episode. This one, I think, was just surprising us with competence. Yeah, the storytelling was like kind of punching above most of the seasons. So that was kind of a nice surprise. Um, but it wasn't like a 10. This we'll was something that you recommended me day, like but... after you had watched the like middle part of the season, right? Like you were already towards the end when you had recommended this to me for best, right? Yeah, no, I had already seen every episode. Yeah, so so there was no, it, you know, some, I mean, everybody who listens to this show a lot, if you're like a dedicated listener, you know that occasionally we pick our best and worst and we, we haven't seen like the final like six or seven episodes because like it's a long season and we're struggling to like cram it all in. And then we realize, oh, actually episode 39 could have been <laughs> a contender or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but but not this time. I, I literally had seen every single episode before we ever discussed it. Because um, it is a shorter season. Uh, and uh, yeah, this was just an easy pick for me. Because it did have this unusual level of storytelling competence that you just don't see here. Right. And what I was what I was going to add on to that was like when I finally got into got to it, which was after you had already watched all of it and recommended it to me. I was like, really, this episode? Why? And you were like, listen, 
there's Watch not much on. to work with here <laughs> yeah because like <laughs> yeah i was way ahead of you and so grabs like i guess episode eight was all right and then I'm like, yeah, watch on. And then you get back to me later and you're like, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Episode 8 it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, Dorito Wizard, was there anything else you wanted to add on to this? Yeah, we got to talk about the finale in this episode. Um, maybe it's, I remember more because I just freshly saw it. But um, this introduces my favorite design for villains in Sentai. Our Power Rangers in general for quite or one of the top is uh, Decker, who, um, if you don't like Jaden Chiba, you aren't going to like any of the other Decker episodes, because um, <laughs> it's all about uh, all about you know his rivalry with the Red Ranger. But uh, introduces a really cool design and Murum has like the Demon Sword Muramasa and just really cool looking design. Uh, but like I said, we were talked about a little bit before. That's played by Ricardo Mencina Jr., who actually did kill someone with a katana. And this is his last role. I, I looked it up. Like his like his last role before he went was put in prison for the murder was playing this character. <laughs> I did like that. It really makes you think. Does video games cause violence? <laughs> yeah. It, it was just kind of shocking to me um but i i did like they they um i do like how quickly this season starts to roll out like the different additions to the zords um one thing that always weirds me out about this uh, about um samurai is they refilmed all of the the internal interior zord scenes and added like new armor that wasn't there before for like no reason yes that's very bizarre. And it's just kind of like weird. That's one thing that always throws me off whenever I rewatch something for Samurai is when you see the interior, it's just like completely different looking armor. And like, I don't remember if there's any justification given to it, but it's kind of Got to Americanize it. Gotta. Gotta sell those extra toys. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got two competent episodes as our best. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, rate and review them. Um, Kennedy, you want me to go first? Sure. Why don't you go first? All right. Episode four, it's filler. It's zero. Uh, episode six, uh, what is that one? Sticks and Stones? Yeah. Um, conceptually, it's like it punches way higher than where it is going to land, which is sad. It's like a, it's like a six. Yeah. I mean, I I went on a big rant about Emily on this episode already. Uh, I think she's great. I like her a lot. She's like probably one of the very few high points of the show. And that's kind of sad to say, because I'm going to guess that uh, the amount of times that she said a word that was longer than three syllables is probably less than a hundred this season. Oh, it's because like 10. Yeah. Because the writers wanted a show for kids. Yeah. 
Uh, it is unfortunate because her character should shine more. Yeah. It was also really funny when the... Then I just love it when the enemy shits on the rangers and it lands. That's always a fun time. Yeah. Uh, episode eight, what was that? That's the... The wedding episode? Yeah, there there go the brides. There go the brides. Uh, there go the brides is also like a six. Competent episode. There's a couple of plot holes that I didn't like. How come they noticed the pink ranger and not the yellow ranger is a big one. I could kind of see how that works, but I could also see being like, eh, about it. I guess, but also, you know, I just, I don't know. It, it was unusually crafty and smart and very out of character for all of them. Bride plotline, I think, was just kind of unusual and weird. Um, but still, like I said, competent, so it's a six. It's kind of weird how, like, the bad seasons of Power Rangers tend to get wedding episodes. I'm not sure what that says. What is that? Sabine, uh, Sabine. Saban's uh, Wild Force season, which was the last season he did before this one, had the wedding episode. And then this one has a wedding episode. So, yeah, I don't know. Two sixes and a zero. What can I say? That's Power Rangers Samurai, folks. What are you thinking, Kennedy? I have to just agree, honestly. Like, I don't know what I would add to that, really. Like, um, uh, yeah, the, the episode four is a zero. It's not, like, exceptionally bad in that, like, way that causes us to break scale and call something, like, a negative one or something like that. But, uh, no, it's, it's bad. It's a very bad episode. There's nothing likable about it in particular. Um, and then uh, episodes 6 and 8 just kind of work. They're not amazing, but, like, if every episode was that good, then this would be a much more forgivable season, and it would be more like maybe Power Rangers SPD, where, like, a lot of it kind of sucked, but, like, there were quite a few episodes that just kind of worked that you could just watch and be like, yeah, all right. Um, but no, that's not what we have here, so. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, that theme song is growing on me. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dorito Wizard, what are you thinking? Um, I'm gonna agree on episode four. That is, it's just filler, but... It is kind of worth checking out if, like, you finish the whole thing and you just kind of want to see a, see something just to kind of like laugh at. I think it's worth it. Like, I can recommend it like as like a six if you're looking to do like a best of the worst thing or like a nine for best of the worst. <laughs> um, the others, I think they're solid. Like six, there's a. Um, I think uh, sticks and stones for me would probably be closer to a seven, especially like grading the season on a sliding scale. Um, oh well, in that case, six and stone yeah. is like an eight. Like an eight, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a sliding scale. Uh, reading amongst the the rest of that, especially this era. Um, oh no, it's 2011. Yeah, it's a rough <laughs> time. Um, I think, I think it's safer to. I think it's safe. Uh, I think they're like you know, sixes. They're they're all right on their own. Um, the thing that about eight though is it st starts to set up some really interesting plot points and stuff that 
they kind of cribbed from the Sentai that are really strong. Like they have really strong potential and it just doesn't pay out in the same way that like, like see, I guess hind foresight or hindsight or whatever is 2020, like knowing that it doesn't pay off in the same way as it is like, you kind of feel it should. Yeah. Um, because like they, they set up, you know, like this whole thing and any time in a series when you have like, you know, a big, bigger bad show up and like, stop the the rangers from defeating what you've thought is the main villain that's a cool that's a cool concept that's a cool thing that i think is always catches my attention um and then but yeah that's that's for me like definitely not the worst even even for the filler for four definitely not the worst one i've seen but it's just kind of a rough season too because those like it's it feels like like Saban just was like, okay, we got this back. We wanted this back. What worked for us? Let's take the essence of what worked for us in like 1990, 1993, and try to make it work. Now that people have had years of this to kind of process. And it yeah. just, it's it not, not like, I know it's like turning this more into the season as a whole, but um, that's just kind of my feeling on the season as a whole is like, you know, you even got Ron Wasserman to do the guitar riffs for the intro, which are fun, but like, it's they're like they're like trying to play into nostalgia, but like tripping over themselves to do it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, but I, I want to know though. Episode four, are there DoD ties? Was this a State Department CIA psyop? Uh, I mean, uh, the military got a budget after 9-11 to influence media. We'll leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dorito Wizard, uh, what would you like to plug? Um, I don't have anything myself to plug. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Dorito, Doritos Wizard. Um, but uh, other than that... Uh, don't have a whole lot to plug. Um, I will say, go read Dune. Don't just, don't just watch it. Read Dune. I need more people to talk <laughs> to Dune about. Um, I know. I'm I, here I, to plug I, Dune. Yeah, I'm here <laughs> to something that's not me. Um, no. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have anything active or any projects to plug. That's oh, okay. Um, other than that. Um, I will, you know, I, I will plug this podcast episode with uh, with Tone. Just that is a that's a story <laughs> that it's crazy. And like I said, having lived through it and stuff, um, it's a very, very interesting story. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.